Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now, it's time to get to work. Well, Joe, was that aggressive enough for you? Uh, I don't know, Ian. It was, it was a fun game to watch. Let's just start with that. The, the Denver Broncos beat uh, the Cleveland Browns 24-19, and it was a fun game to watch, Right. And you added some salt. Yeah, it was elite salt. You plopped it out there and expected it to perform. Yes, I did. I stole your elite joke, and then you, uh, you, you plopped it out there on me. That was good. That was nice. That was that was that was fun. That was that was a nice way to start the show. Uh, gosh, I don't as even. I said, as I said in the winners and losers, to keep the elite joke running, at Vic Fangio quipped after the game that they're not ready to get Brandon Allen into Canton. But I have no qualms saying that Brandon Allen was elite on Sunday. Oh, I I, I like that. I like that a lot, and I, I tend to agree with you. Here's here's the thing, and I think it's important that we say this. We are not um, going to advocate for Brandon Allen becoming the, the Broncos quarterback of the future. I don't think that that's where any of this is going to go at this point. Uh, I also don't think that we are going to get too excited. He was very good. Uh, he wasn't great, but it was just nice to see a quarterback that could move outside the pocket. Uh, I mean, he ran for a couple first downs. 
move to the left, move to the right, bootlegs, that kind of stuff. It was just nice to see a quarterback that wasn't a statue. It was, it just felt good, felt right. I think what what also stands out is that he took chances. That throw, that 21-yard touchdown throw to Cortland Sutton. Incredible, by the from, way. Instead, on top of the incredible catch, it was a great throw, but he took a chance. And that's what we've been wanting from Joe Flacco to do because that's what he does. I mean, just think back to the 2012 playoff game. You don't have to. Don't he, don't he's think back. And pray Flacco. That's what he does, and he just he wasn't doing that. And I don't know if it's because of the offensive line. I don't know if it's because he's older. Even though John Elway told everyone when he was brought in that he was entering the prime of his career. You would think a a quarterback entering the prime of his career would be able to continue to do the things he was doing earlier in his career. But I really, I I was impressed with not only how Brandon Allen played in his first career start, but the poise that he showed and the decisions that he made. He didn't do anything unnecessary. He didn't take unnecessary risks. And you mentioned the mobility and the athleticism to use play action to get out of the pocket and make throws off of the run. He also kept plays alive with his feet, but it wasn't a crutch for him. Yeah, I think that's a a good point. I, I was impressed with the way he played. And you're right. We're not saying that he is the now answer at quarterback. I I mean, we look at what the Gardner Minshew mania all but came to an end on Sunday in in London. So as quickly as you get on board a mania train, it it, it can derail just as quickly. Yeah, and and let's not forget that it wasn't just Brandon Allen out there who was kind of bawling out. And, And that's maybe another part of this that I think is really interesting the Broncos scored 24 points on offense. When was the last time they, they scored 24 points? We remember 84 we, years ago. It was ago. 84 years ago. That's right. We talked about it on the podcast. And it's it's something that you can tell just by the way that these players have been playing all year. Philip Lindsay has been good all year. Cortland Sutton has been good all year. Uh, you know, there have been flashes from guys like Noah Fant and Deshaun Hamilton, even though they've had their issues. You have Dalton Reisner, who's been good all year. The offensive line hasn't been good, but he's been good all year. You have offensive weapons that are there. What was missing, I think, is pretty obvious, especially when you come out and the team is aggressive after really being called out about not being aggressive. I thought that was really uh, an impressive way to... Uh, sort of make a statement for Rich Scangarello uh, along with the rest of the offense. And so to me, what this is, is it's an indictment on Joe Flacco. This is an indictment on his ability to remain in the NFL as a viable starter because he's just not. The The NFL is different now. I mean, you've got uh, Lamar Jackson out there running around and he's, he's a, a pocket passer who can move, which I think is an incredibly important asset in the NFL. And Joe Flacco is not. Joe Flacco is a pocket passer who cannot move. And so when you think about some of those guys, Deshaun, you know, Deshaun Watson and, uh, you know, like I said, Lamar Jackson just now, and I think even Kyler Murray who, um, you know, I'm still not sure he's going to be able to survive the NFL, but he at least brings that ability to move around. 
what you saw from the Broncos today was a, a slightly more mobile quarterback made that offense a pretty good offense. And I know it was against a, a Browns team that's struggling, but they were they lose to teams that struggle all the time. So <laughs> what's the difference here? The difference is you're missing a guy. So that one guy that's missing is your statue quarterback. I really liked the, the, the game plan that Rich Scangarello had. I, I think he played to Brandon Allen's strengths, and I think we saw that with the passes that he completed to Noah Fant, especially the two over the middle. And there is one pass that he had to Noah Fant that was a beautiful touch pass that even Rich Gannon, when he wasn't gorgling on the Browns and Baker Mayfield, he actually had paid a compliment to Noah Fant and the pass that Brandon Allen completed to him on that pass. So I, I really like the game plan that Rich Scangarello put forth. It allowed Brandon Allen to play to his strengths, but it also, it, we saw misdirection. We saw some play action and that's because of the quarterback. And that, I, I think that really is, a statement about Joe Flacco. And I, 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 we have no doubt seen the last snap that he'll take in Denver. I wonder if it's the last snap that he'll take in the NFL. Yeah. I, I think that it, it, I mean, what team in the NFL looks at anything that Joe Flacco has done in the 2019 season and thinks, yeah, I'd like to have that on my team. I think he could lead our team to, uh, you know, a few victories. It's clearly not there. And watching this, watching this team respond, watching the Denver Broncos respond to Brandon Allen and respond to what you might call the adversity of losing your starting quarterback, because I guess that's kind of what this was, was it, that was a good thing to see there. That was something that uh, was, I don't think we would have seen that with a different coaching staff. I think that uh, had this been uh, previous coaching staff, and they were going through this same issue. I don't believe they would have had the same poise as a team. And they were really there in support of Brandon Allen and his first start. And so you have a more mobile quarterback who is capable of uh, executing plays in the playbook that make the offense better. And you have guys who sort of rally around him. That really was sort of a, a, a really nice mixture for the team. They were able to execute on offense in ways that we really just haven't seen all year other than from like the likes of a Philip Lindsay and a Cortland Sutton, a little bit of Royce Freeman here and there. Those guys have been solid, but it has been maybe more in spite of than because of the person who was taking the snaps under center. And to traverse back to how you opened the show, I loved that aggressive play call from Scangarella with a wildcat to Philip Lindsay. And not only does it, does Philip Lindsay get the 16 yards to ice the game, but he stays in bounds too, which is incredibly heads up. It was just nice to see the Broncos play a complete game, complimentary football, and to see them actually close the game out. Because I was texting with my mom who was watching the game, and I I, I said it sarcastically, but I said, so how are the Broncos going to lose this game? Because legitimate question, the, the way the season had gone, they may have picked up the Browns may have picked up that fourth and four. Yeah. that Devontae Harris broke up. And I thought Devontae Harris played an incredible football game. 
Because whenever the Broncos seemed to need to have a pass breakup, Devontae Harris was making it. He he played a tremendous football game. And as I said in the winners and losers about Justin Simmons to bring in another secondary player, pay the man. Please. The guy has benefited immensely from Vic Fangio's defense. It has allowed him to flourish this season. Yeah, well, and I think it he's sort of the perfect player for what Vic Fangio wants to do as well. Uh, I mean, we have talked about Justin Simmons ever since he came into the league as being someone with a lot of potential, one of those players that could you could see being a Denver Bronco for a long time and anchoring that secondary. Now is the time. You you look at that kid now, he is absolutely the anchor of that defense. I'm not saying he's the best player on the defense. He's pretty good, but he's the anchor of that defense. And I, I'm saying that with guys like Von Miller and Derek Wolf up front. Uh, the anchor of that defense right now is Justin Simmons. And so I agree with you. Pay the man. Pay that man his money. That was the worst impression. <laughs> worst rounders impression ever. Sorry. Another player who stood out to me, two of them, I'll I'll go with two, Alexander Johnson, who I I think it's to the point now where they have the the guy at middle linebacker, because I think this guy's only going to get bigger, uh, get better, especially as he gets more accustomed to Vic Fangio's defense and he learns from Vic Fangio. It's going to be fun to watch this kid because I think he is going to be a special player. Because I think he just has the instincts. I think he has that it factor that you need from a middle linebacker. And you would expect that with a guy who's nicknamed Dino. And because he wants to continue to eat, which is what you want from a Dino. And then the other guy is Malik Reed, who has he has taken advantage of Bradley Chubb's injury. And he he played incredibly well on Sunday. He he was able to set the edge. He was able to to contain Chubb. And as I joked on Twitter, we may have been down a Chubb, but the Browns Chubb allowed us to have the Chubb jokes. And sure. as Kevin Harlan said, Chubb doesn't want to go down. Oh man. I knew I was wondering if you were going to fit that in. I thought that was really good. That's what she said. Um, Chubb, Chubb fit it in. Chubb fit it in. Oh, man. There's just no... Because he doesn't want to go down. No, because he doesn't want to go down. There's there's really no cleaning this up, and so the, the best thing to do is to move on. I, I actually wanted to go back to what you said about Philip Lindsay. Um, the other thing I noticed about that, and I hate to go backwards, but I wanted to say this because I think it's important, and I included it in my game balls. The other thing that you saw from that, that play call at the end was, you need to ice this game. What are you going to do to ice this game? Who are you going to give the ball to? The best person to give the ball to there was Philip Lindsay, and so uh, we're talking about all these guys who are who are young players who will be with the Broncos for a, at least a few years. If you think about how they are going to structure this team, and to me, that is—I I mean, you're looking at a, sort of a changing of the guard, maybe a turning over of some leaves. I don't know how you which which cliche you want to use here, but. There was a shift. There was a clear shift that was started really last season. And then Vic Fangio has come in. And with this game, you could even see it more. Like you said, A.J. Johnson and, and Malik Reed look like they're they are going to be big-time contributors for the next few seasons. Justin Simmons, obviously. On the offensive side, Cortland Sutton and Phillip Lindsay. Again, another game today where they are impressive. 
and, this, and then this coaching staff that also had to deal with the adversity of losing their starting quarterback. I know that we're gonna we've made the jokes already about Joe Flacco wanting to be more aggressive, and it was like ah, I don't think so, Joe. They did still have to go through the process of getting a guy ready to play in the NFL who had never taken an actual snap in the NFL. So kudos to the coaching staff as well, getting that, getting him ready and getting the offense ready and getting the defense ready as always and, and really going out and, and grabbing a victory. I think that's the big thing is it, it, kudos, as you said, to Vic Fangio. Because he's starting to get his feet under him as a head coach, I think. And I mentioned this in my horse tracks I, I on Sunday morning to preview the game. I think we're gonna we're we're seeing what is, is capable with this defense. So when he's able to get even more pieces in place that fit his system, that are a guy like Roquan Smith, for example, in Chicago. If the Broncos are able to get pieces like that, it's just going to make the defense even better. And then when you get Chubb back, it gives you an idea of how good this defense could potentially be. And it's been pretty damn good this year when you consider where it started, where it is now, and you throw in the injuries, especially in the secondary that it's faced. So I I, I think Vic Fangio is, is getting his feet under him incredibly well as a head coach and with the staff. And I I can't speak enough about the game plan that Scangarello put forth for a quarterback who has never played in the National Football League. To have that kind of game plan and have that kind of trust in him speaks to this coaching staff and what it can do for this organization. And we've railed on John Elway a lot, but we've both said that the coaching staff and the hiring of Vic Fangio is a step in the right direction after completely bombing on Va- on Vance Joseph. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. And, you know, the other thing that I think this does is uh, this win especially, with the way that the team has struggled over the last few weeks, it has been really difficult to look at this team and, and really sort of envision the future, right? You kind of – when you watch a football team, especially one that is clearly on the downside of things like the Broncos are, you you want to at least see the potential, right? You want to see that there is something there that you can look forward to, that you believe that you're building on. And up until really this week, I think that there were a lot of people in Broncos country who were curious about, okay, but what are we building on? What is what What is this franchise actually putting together here? And the victory that you saw against the Browns was kind of a glimpse of what this team could really look like when everything sort of comes together. And and that's really something that this may not be a playoff team. I don't know. There's still a lot of season left. I'm not sure that I'm going to be predicting a playoff run for the Denver Broncos. But you can see the building blocks that are in place. And a big part of that, like you said, is the coaching staff and then how they position their players for success. And we've talked about that for a long time as well. This game against the Browns was the perfect example of an offensive coach, right, Scangarello, putting his players in a position to be successful rather than trying to force his players to do the things that he wanted them to do. He game planned to make them successful. Maybe his thought process with Joe Flacco in the past was, that guy can't move, so I won't make him. 
And so, so oh, Brandon, Brandon Allen can move. I'll, I'll let him move around. Maybe that was the thought process there. But then on the defensive side, Ed Donatel and, and, and Vic Fangio are doing the same things. They're putting their players in positions to be successful. And the defense has been relatively successful all season. Then compare that to where this offense is headed. Like I said, you can see the glimpses. You can see it there. And this game was the perfect game to kind of go, oh, yeah, I see what they're trying to do here, and I think that might work. We talked about this before we started recording, and I asked you the question, does this game tell you more about the Broncos or the Browns? And I'm going to I'm gonna add in a little bit before you answer that. We joked before this game about how the Broncos were starting to, to take over for the Browns, especially with the quarterback situation. But the Browns are still the Browns. And the one thing that we can say after this game on Sunday is the Browns' season's over. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. And so uh, your question is, does this tell us more about the Broncos or the Browns? I don't know if it tells you more about one or the other, but it, it gives you uh, it, it gives you a lot of information about both teams. And I think what you see, at least regarding the Browns, is a team that needs a real head coach. Uh, no offense to Freddie Kitchens, but – I think there's enough talent on the Browns football team that they shouldn't be two and two and six or whatever it is they are now. Two and seven. Are they two and seven? Yeah, they're now? two and six. They're two, two and six because they they had their buy, right? Correct. Uh, so that's not that talent wise. That's not a team that should be that in that bad a shape. And one of the things they talked about with the Browns was that their schedule was going to get easier. And apparently that started with the Broncos. And then they didn't win the game against the Broncos, which I think is funny. But How'd that go? Hey, I, I thought that work. whole talking point was was so dumb. And it, it was starts so today. Dumb. That's I remember just a, and it starts and, today. I was like, wait, what? And, and and that goes back to something that you you've mentioned about how there are people on in the media who just fawn over players. And I think the other thing that that these that that people in the media and the media do is fawn over teams. There are certain teams that no matter what, they're like, oh, this is the year. And Cleveland is one of them, even yeah. though the Browns haven't been good since the 50s. This is always, oh, this is the year. And I and I, I don't know if Baker Mayfield is going to be the guy, but I think the best comparison that I've heard about Baker Mayfield at this point is he's a sober Johnny Manziel. Oof. That's not, I'm not sure that's a, uh, I don't, yeah, well, uh, you can probably hear me working through this in my head a little bit. You know, I go back to that draft and I really wanted the Broncos to draft him. And I, and I think that if we went back to that draft today and the Broncos had a shot at taking Baker Mayfield, I'd still take him. Right. I think that, I think the big thing that is happening with that Browns team, and I, I didn't know we were going to be doing so much in the Browns here, but why not? We're, you know, we're here. I think, again, I think the big thing for them is it's coaching. They don't have a head coach and an offensive and an offensive coach who really um, who really know how to put Baker Mayfield in a position to be successful. He he needs a coach that can can create a scheme for him that's going to make him successful. And again, that that sort of takes us back to what Rich Scangarello did with Brandon Allen and how Brandon Allen was able to uh, – find success in an offense that he had never really run because the coaching staff said, we're going to do the things that you're good at and we're going to help you be successful. 
And for whatever reason, I, I just don't think that the Browns are able to do that with Baker Mayfield right now because of who their coach is. I think one thing that did help Brandon Allen, though, was that he was with Sean McVay with, with the Los Angeles Rams. So the offense that McVay runs is somewhat similar to what Scangarello does. Maybe not in terms of terminology, but definitely in terms of scheme because they're both branches of the Shanahan offense. And I'm not talking about Kyle Shanahan. I'm talking about Mike Shanahan. So I I do think that helped in that regard, that he has a basic idea of the offense that Scangarello runs because he's done it with Sean McVay. So I think in that aspect, it, it helped. But I, I totally agree with you about how we see the difference between coaching staffs because I think the Broncos and the Browns may not be – I think they're I think they're similar in regards to talent. I think they have the same amount of talent. I think the difference is head coach and coaching staffs. And again, that's a tip of the cap to to John Elway for for hiring the right guy. And I, I think it's also important that we talk about because we thought that Miles Garrett was going to completely own Garrett Bowles. And there were some moments that Garrett Bowles had. He had an, an off, a false start, and then he had a holding penalty that was declined. But Miles Garrett really didn't do anything. Olivier Vernon really didn't do much either. So credit to the Broncos' offensive line for what they were to, to give Brandon Allen some time. But Brandon Allen still got sacked. I think I think the offensive line gave up three sacks, mm-hmm. but. It, it didn't really seem like he ever got out of a rhythm. They 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 still did a good job of run blocking. They gave him enough time to make plays. And there was a couple of times that Brandon Allen bailed Garrett Bowles out for being burned because he got hit on a on a play where he could he I think it was the Noah Fant touchdown actually. So yes. I, I I think we we're starting to see the pieces here in, in what's possible for this Broncos team. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's a playoff team. But you never know. Coming off the bye against a Vikings team that lost a disappointing game to the Chiefs, anything can happen. So I, we'll see. Yeah. Way to go into the bye. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.